Hello, everyone. Today, I'm talking about intuitive eating, the principles behind it, a little bit about my experience with it and how I utilize it, and uh, some of the pros and cons and challenges that some people face and why this isn't necessarily a great approach for everyone. So essentially what intuitive eating is, is it's a way of eating where you are not following a prescribed diet. There are no foods that you can or cannot eat. It's all based on your personal preferences, foods you enjoy, foods your body can tolerate, and really kind of trying to break away from that diet mentality where you are, you know, doing something for eight to 12 weeks. And when that period is up, you're having to change everything around and, you know, you fall off the wagon, you're on the wagon and all kinds of things. And I'm someone who yo-yo dieted for a very long time. And it took me a really, really long time, over a decade to find a way to eat in such a way where I don't feel restricted. And this is why I personally love intuitive eating. And so some of the specific principles that um, people who eat intuitively kind of follow are, it's, it's not like a rule book or anything, but these are things like that you would be mindful of when intuitive eating. And this is something like simple as honoring your hunger. And I think this is something that as simple as it sounds can be so challenging for so many of us because a lot of us eat on a schedule. You know, I've been someone who's felt the need to eat at specific times of day. Okay, I need to eat breakfast. I have to have a snack at this time. I have to have lunch, maybe an afternoon snack, dinner. And when you are always eating on a schedule, it's pretty interesting to see how often you eat when it's not actually based on your hunger. And I always say this to my nutrition clients when we start working together. And that is that like, it can be really, really challenging to be able to identify your hunger cues and what your body feels like when it is hungry and basically identifying, you know, the, sim- the the signals that your body puts out to say, hey, you know what? I'm hungry. I'm getting hungry and identifying them before you've gotten to the like, holy smokes, I am so, so hungry. I'm hangry at this point and I'm super unhappy and I need to eat like immediately. And that's kind of what we want to avoid. And so being able to hunger to, oh, pardon me, honor your hunger cues. So you are focusing on, hey, you know what? I'm hungry. I need to eat something and that's okay. And realizing that your hunger shifts from day to day. And I think this is something that makes our hunger cues a lot more challenging. And that is the fact that we always feel like we need to consume a certain amount of calories every day or a certain amount of food. And the fact of the matter is, if you are actually listening to your body, you are going to realize that some days you just need more food than other days. And, you know, if I've had a couple days off the gym, I'm not doing much, I'm pretty sedentary, you know, I'm recovering from something, maybe I'm a bit under the weather, my appetite is quite a bit lower than if I've had a really active week, some heavy leg days, gone for a run and, you know, uh, basically used a lot more energy. 
And when you kind of negate those feelings and your actions, it makes it a lot harder to like this, the whole simple thing is being able to honor your hunger. And I, I know I've talked about this a lot, but I struggled with this so much when I started that I was like, but I haven't eaten and it's like noon. So like, that must be bad. I should eat something. And this is the part where mentally intuitive eating is fantastic, but I do think it comes with some challenges because we tend to do things for long periods of time and making those changes can be tricky. And I think when people say, oh, you know, oh, I'm trying to break this habit of, you know, always doing X. It's not that you need to break a habit. You need to create a new habit. And that would include only eating when that hunger is present. Okay. I've really just felt like I've talked that one to death. (laughs) So moving on. Um, Cravings, being able to honor your cravings. And I think for a lot of us who have dieted over long periods of time, we have a lot of trouble being able to not necessarily acknowledge that we have a craving, but to honor it and to, you know, enjoy a certain food that we are craving without feeling guilty or without feeling that we need to make up for eating something by doing more cardio or eating less food or, you know, only eating salad or skipping meals. And that's one area where it's like, as part of intuitive eating, you need to be able to honor your hunger. You need to be able to honor your cravings and sometimes eating something and just moving on is really, really important. And I think it can be really healing as well because I think sometimes, you know, if I've had a craving for something and I think about it all week long, what is the point of thinking about a food all week long? You are literally torturing yourself for seven days when I'm like, if you really just want a cookie, eat the dang cookie and move on with your day. There, There's nothing that one cookie is going to do that's going to be that detrimental. And um, yeah, this is an area that I think a lot of us struggle with. And that guilt that comes with eating certain foods is also one where... I've really found intuitive eating to be helpful because you give yourself permission to enjoy foods without restriction. There is no food that is considered off limits. There is no food where you're like, oh, you know what? You really can't eat this. You really should avoid this. No, there's nothing like that. If you like something, you can eat it. And I mean, with anything, moderation is always important. And I will talk about later how a good knowledge base and information about nutrition is helpful with intuitive eating. And that's why this isn't necessarily a good starting place for everyone. Um, That being said, moving on to the next uh, principle, and that is another simple thing and one that I know so many of us struggle with, and that is to stop eating when you're full or satisfied. And, you know, I get it. I'm someone who you like something, I eat it and I eat and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to unzip my pants. I had a little bit too much. I overindulged and now I kind of feel not so great. And yeah, you know, that's, that's not, it's not a great place to be in. And I think most people can relate to that at some point. And it's not just a, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas where some of us overindulge. And 
that's an area where it's like, okay, you need to stop eating when you're full. Such a simple principle, but often one that can be really hard. And I think this has a lot to do with, you know, our emotions, our reason for eating, um, simple things as being really distracted. Or I sometimes find that like, if I am eating and I'm watching TV or I'm eating and doing something else, eating becomes secondary. And I start, you know, shoveling food into my mouth without actually thinking about the fact that I'm eating. I'm so focused on something else that it's no, I'm no longer present in the actual moment. And that can be, you know, a bit tricky because all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I'm stuffed. I didn't even realize I finished eating. I I ate this entire, you know, amount of food. I didn't even think I was that hungry. And now I'm overstuffed. And so being mindful with your actions, setting aside time to eat with intention is also really important. Another principle that is key for um, intuitive eating is that when you have foods that you like and you're eating, you're eating them slowly and you're eating them with intention. You are savoring your meal. And I know this is really tricky, like so many of these seemingly simple things, but I think so often we sit and eat and just shovel food into our mouth and are like, all right, now I want dessert. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've, I've done that so many times. And I was like, I don't even really think I tasted my meal because I was so busy inhaling my food. And that's one it's like, slow down. No one's going to take it away. Enjoy it. And I think when you really enjoy your meal, you taste your meal, it gives you not only the opportunity for your brain and body to communicate and realize that, hey, I'm getting full, but you enjoy the actual meal so much more. And when you do this, I think you are able to include more foods that have perhaps been restricted in the past or off limits in the past into your life or reintroduce them into your life. And that was something really powerful for me that I was able to do when I started with, you know, counting my macros and tracking that and continued into intuitive eating. And that was including foods that I had restricted for very, very long periods of time. And things like, you know, rice, where I was like, I love rice, I could eat every single day, some weeks I do. And being able to like slow down, enjoy it with whatever I'm eating, and be like, wow, this is delicious. Like, really enjoy it is such a pleasurable experience as opposed to inhaling your food and feeling guilty and then potentially still feeling hungry because you've eaten so quickly. Um, So those are kind of the general principles behind intuitive eating. But like I've said, just because they sound simple, I will say it doesn't mean that in practice, it is something that just comes to you really quickly because I feel like a lot of us have negated those simple actions for years sometimes. And so it's almost like you're having to reestablish those habits and routines to make them feel normal again. And it absolutely is possible, but it does take time. So if you are someone who is considering intuitive eating or kind of like struggling through the beginning phases, I would say like, persevere through it. It does get easier, but like anything, it does take time and it does take some work. So that being said, 
um, my priorities when it comes to intuitive eating include those principles. But beyond that, I really, really utilize my knowledge of foods and macro counting to make informed decisions about what I'm eating. And this is kind of where I feel like the intuitive part of this kind of eating, which like I didn't name this, right? This is this is what it's called. It's called intuitive eating. And I think I don't necessarily agree that eating like this is intuitive for many of us because like I said, we've disregarded simple things like hunger cues, cravings. We've been dieting on and off for years. And so it's not as simple as saying, hey, like I stopped eating because I was full or like I ate a meal because I was hungry. Like, yes, in, in theory, that's exactly what it is. But in practice, it's a lot more complicated than that because of our relationships with food and how we've negated certain actions that are normal and healthful. And so you're having to reestablish those. And I think that in combination with the misinformation a lot of us have about foods, what is a healthy food, you know, what people consider junk food or foods that we shouldn't eat, all of those things kind of get stored in our brains over time. And we tend to have a warped sense of nutrition and things saying like, oh, you know what? I really shouldn't eat that. Or like, I should definitely eat this because this is so great for me. And I think a simple example of this is like, probably I want to say like five years ago or so, everyone was like, nuts are such a great source of protein. And if you've ever counted your macros or tracked anything like that, it's the, okay, yes, sure. Nuts do have protein, but I'm like, if you're going to rely on peanuts for protein, you know, for you to get say 30 grams of protein, you're going to be consuming 700 calories, which is a little bit ridiculous. Um, don't quote me on those numbers, but I know it's, it's in and around that give or take a hundred calories. And, uh, it's just, I think that's where our information being skewed is problematic. And why I would say that intuitive eating does require a base of knowledge beyond what people think is, you know, your intuition for what you should eat. And I think that's why intuitive eating can be problematic for some people because their information or their knowledge base is not either accurate or B, it has already been skewed based on their diet history in not necessarily a positive way. Meaning that, you know, they feel like there are certain foods they can't and shouldn't eat and as a result will not incorporate even though the reality is there's nothing wrong with those foods. It's more a matter of, you know, keeping an eye on the portion as opposed to eliminating it completely. And because I'm someone who tracked my macros for a long time, you know, I weighed my foods. I have a good idea of, you know, what's a good source of protein? What's a good source of fat? What's a good source of carbs? And like when I go grocery shopping, I can tell you like, hey, this food is mostly protein. It's got a bit of fats, but it's mostly protein. And because I have that information, when I am putting meals together myself or I am going out to eat, I can make informed decisions about 
how I choose to fill my plate and what I prioritize. And so, like I said, having a knowledge base, I would say is really important and is what can make intuitive eating really successful or something that you're like, I think I'm doing it, but I'm trying and I'm looking for a change and nothing's happening. And I would say at that point, maybe you need a little bit more information in your, in your, you know, I don't, I don't know how to word this right now, but your, your say like your word bank, (laughs) basically in my head, I have like stored information of proteins, carbs, fats, and that's what I'm pulling from to make my decisions. So is my eating intuitive? Yes, in a lot of ways it is. I don't need to measure my food. I don't need to put on a scale or use measuring cups. Um, I have a really good idea of portion sizes, but all that information is from when I was tracking macros. And so this is why I believe tracking your macros can be really beneficial for a lot of individuals. But like I've said in the past, if you have any kind of disordered eating history, or if you know weighing your food and tracking everything like that makes you neurotic, which it totally can, and that is not something that's you know super strange because it is really time consuming and tedious, especially initially, then it may not be for you and that's okay. But if you are someone who has tracked macros for a really long time and are kind of like, all right, this is not quite a sustainable approach for me long-term or lifelong, then I would definitely recommend trying intuitive eating and just sticking to um, a lot of the same principles that you did when you, you know, focused on macros. And like for me, those include prioritizing protein every meal, making sure I'm getting, you know, a, a certain number of servings a day definitely prioritizing carbohydrates post-workout. This does not mean that I'm not having carbs throughout the day, but I especially make sure like if I've had a really challenging workout that I'm getting a sufficient number of carbs post-workout. But once again, if I'm eating intuitively, that also changes from day to day. And some days, even though I've had a tough workout, I don't have the same hunger levels or feel the same need for as much food. And that's something that I also honor as well. And I think this is where it's, I don't want to say common sense, but it's being able to listen to your body and to be like, okay, you know what? Today is a different day. So I can't expect to need exactly the same things that I did yesterday. And that is okay. Even though mentally, I will say that can be really challenging. And that's something that I did experience when I first started. So working through those things and acknowledging those feelings is important and something that most people, I think, do have to do. Um, Apart from protein and veggies, I also really focus on my hydration levels, you know, eating slowly and trying to do so without distractions, which is still an area that I struggle with for sure. And I do have to work on And some days it's better than others. And some days I was like, oh, shoot, I totally just, you know, I ate too much because I wasn't paying attention and I was trying to multitask, which really (laughs) never, never gets me where I want to be. I think that another area that I've had to work on when transitioning to intuitive eating is addressing the emotional and physical cues I have for food. 
and being able to make connections between when I need food and when I'm reaching for food out of boredom or stress or sadness, because I think for a lot of us, it can be really challenging to differentiate those two. And if you are someone who is intuitive eating, you know, you're really trying to focus on your hunger first and foremost. And if you don't have those, um, the, those skills and tools you need to be able to assess, Hey, you know what? I'm actually not hungry. This is just me feeling really stressed at work. You know, I'm going to go for a walk instead. I'm going to fold my laundry instead. I'm going to do whatever it is instead and see if this passes. And if it doesn't pass then you know, it really actually must be hunger and I should eat something. But that's an area where I had struggled with because I, like I said, I'm a habitual eater. I've eaten on a routine for like a very long time. And there's certain activities like, you know, evening TV, which I associate with food. And like to this day, if I'm not intermittent fasting, I will go stand in front of the fridge and like, hmm, like what's good to eat? And I was like, oh my gosh, Nikki, close the doors. You are not hungry. Like I know I'm not hungry. I just ate, but that's a habit. And that's where I'm saying like, you need to be able to, you know, check yourself at that point and say, hey, this is not hunger. This is boredom. This is habit. And I need to kind of like take a step back and reflect on that. And I think that what has really made intuitive eating possible for me is my background in nutrition, is my history with macros. And like I said, my knowledge of foods, where they fit into, you know, fats, carbs, and proteins. And I think apart from that, and this is why I'm always not really in love with the word intuitive eating because of my own experience with it, is that I think the intuition part is not always (laughs) intuition. So for example, if I go out to a restaurant and I am eating out a lot all week, if I'm going out once or twice a week, then you know, I kind of like go eat what I want to eat, try to make some good decisions and just enjoy myself. But if we are traveling, for example, or, you know, I don't know, just happen to have a lot of social events and I'm eating out like five or six days a week, I will make an effort to make an informed decision by looking at the menu in advance, you know, looking up the nutritional information if a restaurant does have that available and making a decision based on that. And so is that then considered intuitive eating? Like, I I don't know. I kind of like leave that up to you, but I don't want to say that I don't do that because that's exactly what I would do, you know, during it, say Christmas. If I've got a lot of social events, I would go out of my way to do that so I can make, you know, potentially a better decision and feel good about the choice that I made. Because I think that while it's easy to eat, intuitively for me when I make my own food or when I go to a friend's house, I'm almost always astonished by how calorie dense foods are when you eat out. Like, and I think this is why I continue even after so many years to look up the nutritional information of restaurants, because I think sometimes people go like, oh, I'm just going to get a salad. I'm trying to be like conscientious. And I was like, honey, that salad has a thousand calories for 200 more. You could have fries and a burger. So if that's what you really want, 
then go for it, right? Like, and I think this is why it can be hard to eat intuitively sometimes when you eat out because you're like, I would never be able to make a, a salad that calorie dense for like that little volume. And so, yeah, that's kind of one strategy I use. And I don't know whether, you know, you'd consider it being intuitive then, but my intuition clearly is not accurate when I eat out because I think a salad should not necessarily be that much unless I've added, you know, a lot of things in order to make it that way intentionally. Um, anyways, um, basically intuitive eating is fantastic. And I think it can be great for people who have tracked their macros in the past. But I will say that if you don't have a lot of experience with nutrition, you are a little bit maybe confused about what is healthy, what is unhealthy, and you you have preconceived notions or labels in your mind of, you know, this is good, this is bad. And things like, oh, like an acai bowl, that's a great choice. Well, okay, it's a delicious choice, but it is mostly carbs. So is it a great balanced meal? Mm, Not really if you're trying to get protein in. And I think for me, that's where I struggled in the past before I tracked because I associated certain foods that have been labeled healthy as healthy. And I kind of just took that as like fact, like, all right, nuts are a great source of protein. Acai bowls are super healthy. And don't get me wrong. I love acai bowls and I definitely enjoy them, but I'm just saying it's not, if you're trying to get like a well-balanced meal and have, you know, a good serving of protein to keep you full longer, that's not necessarily what I would go for unless I'm going to supplement with protein on the side. And so because I have tracked macros for so long, I have that information. And so it's made it easier for me to eat intuitively. But if you do not have that background and your goal is say fat loss or weight loss, and you have tried intuitive eating, but you're maybe not seeing results to the same extent, then It might be the fact that maybe your portions aren't quite right, or maybe you're underestimating the calories of certain foods, or you think that perhaps something is healthy when it might not in fact be. And this is where I have clients who don't necessarily track their macros or their calories, but are a little bit unsure about some things. And that's when I will say, hey, you know what? My fitness pal or Google is your friend. If you're not sure, why not look it up? Like if you're like, oh, is this a good source of protein? Look it up. You need to take that initiative for yourself and you need to go out of your way to inform yourself. And I'm not talking about necessarily like asking your best friend, but I'm like, look it up. Look up two or three sources if you're unsure and find out what the answer is. So moving forward, you've added that information to your knowledge base and you can make decisions about that food or food group moving forward. And when it comes to, I'd say, physique goals with intuitive eating, I definitely think it is possible to, um, in my experience, maintain your weight, lose weight, or gain weight with intuitive eating. And for me, that just has a matter that that is more a focus on my portion sizes when I'm eating um, and my hunger cues. And I think this is. I will talk a little bit more about um, 
hunger cues and dieting in another podcast, but I kind of want to just leave this up to intuitive eating and say that it is possible to make um, changes to your physique while doing this. But once again, having that knowledge base, I think is really key and something that's going to make this a lot of an easy, like an easier experience and transition. But at the same time, this does not mean that just because you have experience with macros that you can negate your hunger cues, your cravings, or, you know, just eat past the point of being full. All of those things are important and combining those principles together with your knowledge is really key in making intuitive eating a lifestyle and something that you can keep up forever. And I think that's why I personally love it. And I generally encourage clients to utilize what they learn about nutrition and transition to something more intuitive because I would say for most of the population, it is not realistic to track your macros for the rest of your life. Most of us are not competitors or people who necessarily want to walk around with a food scale and do all that kind of stuff every day. And I get that and I respect that. Um, I know there are some people who love doing it and it gives them a sense of freedom and that's fantastic. I would never discourage you from doing that. But if you are someone who's kind of like, you know what, I'm really struggling to keep this up and I'm getting tired of doing this, then I would definitely suggest giving intuitive eating a shot. And if you are trying to utilize this and struggling, I'd say, hey, you know what, take a step back, maybe try to um, make some, take some time to learn a little bit more about what you eat, what your portion sizes look like, you know, where your protein sources are coming from. And if there's certain things where I think people go, oh, this is a great source of protein, we'll double check that. Don't just assume that because someone has said something that is the truth and that is super accurate. Yes, it might be a great source of protein compared to something else, but it also might not be. And so knowledge is power. Go out of your way to inform yourself and yeah, don't be lazy guys. I know it's really hard. And I think this is my pet peeve when people are like, oh, it's just so much work. It is work, but you know what? Healing your relationship with food and prioritizing these kind of goals so you can have a healthful and mindful essentially relationship with food moving forward is so important. So many people spend their entire lives dieting and struggling and, you know, I ate too much now. I don't feel good. Now I don't, you know, feel confident. And it's just a really vicious cycle. And I can really and truly relate to that. But I will say it does take work. It is not something that happens overnight. You need to really focus on yourself, focus on your actions and habits and what you're doing daily makes a difference. So don't discredit your little efforts. Don't think that, you know, those little changes you've made don't make a difference. They do. They all add up in a really big way and congratulate yourself. Focus on those good things that you're doing because they will pay off. And like I've said, if you are struggling with certain things and you're like, you know what? I am really having a challenging time honoring my hunger and cravings. You are not alone. I think most of us are trying to work through certain things and it takes time. If you've been doing something for 10 years, don't just expect that now that you're aware of it and trying to make a change, it's going to happen and it's going to stay like that forever. It takes a lot of time and practice to 
create a new habit. You're not just breaking an old habit, you're creating a new one of mindfulness and intention, and that will take time. So be patient, put in the work, and I promise it will pay off. All right, I hope this has been helpful. Feel free to um, get in touch with me on Instagram at justget.fit, or you can email me for one-on-one nutrition coaching at Nikki at justget.fit. And don't forget, you can learn more about my members area inside episode guide. I've got over 200 plus recipes with macros and calories and lots of good stuff in there. So check it out.